<laughs> well, let's get started this morning. That's all I got. <laughs> I really forgot what I was talking about the entire time. Jesus loves you. That's my sermon this morning. No, if you've been here the past, last week, I usually say the past few weeks, um, but the last week, if you were here last week, Pastor Dan went through a sermon called, Do You Believe? And we looked at the life of the disciple Thomas, who was also called Doubting Thomas, and, and how Jesus appeared to all of the disciples except Thomas. And because of that, Thomas was really sad and upset, and, and how he truly needed to believe. And this week, I want to continue looking at the life of the disciple, but we're going to go ahead and move forward into chapter of Acts. This morning, I want to look at the, the life of the disciples and, and how their relationship and connection with Jesus affected their lives. So if you all turn with me to Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, and when you're there, say booyah. You're not there yet. You can't say it unless you got there really fast. All right. All right. So Acts chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1. So if you're there, go ahead and read along with me. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms to those entering to the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to them. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to, to just dive into the scriptures and, and really understand what you have for us. So God, I pray today that you would just have your way in this service in our lives. God, help us to be attentive and, and open to what you have for us this morning. We love you and we praise you and pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, so in this book of Acts, where we just read, a little bit before this was the day of Pentecost. Pentecost. I don't know why I said Pentecost so weird. The day of Pentecost, which was in Acts chapter 2, and we read of Acts chapter 3. So Jesus had left the earth, earth, and when he left, he promised that he would send a helper. He promised, he told the disciples to wait, and he would send someone, and they eventually waited and received the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, they were empowered to go and make disciples and preach and do all these awesome things. And that's where we come in to this part of the story. You see, Peter and John were just going to the temple to pray. It says at the ninth hour, when everyone went to the temple to pray, they were just going there when they encountered a man in need of help. See, Peter and John weren't on the search for some extraordinary, extraordinary miracle to perform in Jesus' name. They weren't looking for anything. They were just simply going to pray. They were just going to pray and to, to do what they, what they were normally scheduled had done. They weren't looking for anything 
but God wanted to use them. God wanted them to give something to this man. So this morning, the question that I want to focus on is what do you have to give? What do you have to give? You see, this man, this begging man, this lame man was, was looking for alms. He was looking for money. He wanted gold and silver so that he could provide. He wasn't able to walk. He had to be carried around places, so he couldn't provide for himself. So all he was looking for was some money. He was probably hungry and wanted something to eat, something that could satisfy his immediate needs. But God wanted to satisfy something so much greater than that. He wanted to satisfy something that no one on this earth could satisfy. And when I look at this earth and, and the things that I go through and I see of all the needs of this world, I often think to myself, maybe I'm too busy or I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money. I don't have all the things that need to help these people out who need these. You see, we as Christians, we can see immediate needs of people around us and often get discouraged at the fact that we can't do more to help out. How many of you guys have ever felt that discouraged that you can't do more to help out? You know, when you see those, those people who are, who are hurting, who are sad, who need, who need money, who need food, it always discourages me sometimes that I can't do more to help out because I don't have the resources or, or these things. But in reality, we all have more to give than just something that can meet an immediate need. We have something so much more to give than can just meet someone's immediate need of maybe money or food or hunger. We have something so much more to give. But the question remains, what do you have to give? What do you have to give? Just as Peter and John gave this man the ability to walk through Jesus Christ, what do you have to give this morning? Well, I want to answer that question this morning with three things that we as Christians all have the ability to give to both God and to people. Three things that we as Christians have to give, not only to the world, but to God. The first thing this morning that we all have to give is our worship to God. Our worship to God. We can give our worship to God. When we, when we take a look at the book of Acts, we can see a continual theme of worship and prayer to God. There's this whole theme of, of spending time and, and praying with God and worshiping and, and waiting for Him to move. If we go back right before the passage that we just read, so in Acts chapter 2, it tells us that after the day of Pentecost, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. This means that before the disciples went out and were able to perform this amazing miracle in God's name that they spent time in prayer and worship praising God's name. That before they were able to go give something out, they first had to give their worship, their time, and their prayer to God. Before they could give anything else, before they could do anything else, they had to give their time and their worship to God. Many times we get so caught up with the stress of life and all the things that we have to do. We get so busy and we think that there's no way we can accomplish it all or help everyone we need to help. But when we get so caught up in life when, that, when we get so busy and so, so frustrated and stressed out, that's often the time when we are lacking in this so important part of our relationship with God. Spending time worshiping God and praying to Him. 
You see, if we're reading through this passage of Acts and we're looking at the life of Peter and John and they're doing these awesome things and we're thinking to ourselves, man, why can't I do that? Why, why am I not doing that in my daily life? Well, it's probably because we're missing out on this such important factor in our lives and our walk with Christ. The individual worship and prayer to God. The individual alone time with God. This may be something that, that can seem pretty easy to give. You may be thinking to yourself, yeah, Pastor Matt, I can worship God. That's easy. I can give that any time of the day. Let's talk about something harder. This is easy. Well, unfortunately, so often we don't give it to God. It may be so easy to give, but at so, most of the time it's more of an afterthought than it is a forethought. We live our lives and we go throughout our daily routines and sometimes it just gets put in the back of our mind. We, we just lose sight of it. We lose track of time. But in reality, it needs to be at the forefront of our life because without it, we can't give anything to anyone else unless we first give in our worship and our time to God. You see, there's no way that Peter and John would have ever been able to do what they did with this blind man if they hadn't first spent time with God. There's no way that they could have done this. They couldn't even have the confidence to tell this man to get up and walk in Jesus' name, let alone the, the ability to do it because they were so in touch with God if they had not first spent time with God. We, we may be looking at the, the disciples' life in, in the book of the Bible and we're wondering why we're not seeing these things happen in our life, we're not, why we're not doing this, or why we don't have the confidence that, the, that Peter and John had to, to just pray for this man and tell him to get up and walk. And it's probably because we aren't first listening to God and spending time with Him, giving Him our worship and our prayer. This is something that's so simple, but it's so often forgot about. And you see, there was nothing special about Peter. There was nothing special about John. Yeah, they had an awesome encounter with God. They were able to have a physical relationship with Him and meet Him and, and do this stuff. There was nothing special about them but they gave their worship to God. They gave their prayer and their life to God, and because of that, they were, be, they were able to be used by God. Because of the fact that they gave their everything to God, He was able to use them. And the same goes for us. We may not have anything special about us. I know for a fact that I don't have anything special about me. We may not have anything special or any cool talents or any, a lot of money or all this stuff, but when we give our life to God, when we give our prayer and our time and our, and our whole life to God, that's when we can be used by God. When we give our worship to God, when we give Him what He is due. Let's give credit where credit is due. There's no way that I would even be standing here if it weren't for the grace of God. And when I lose sight of that, when I lose sight and just let the busyness and the, the struggles and the stress of life overcome that, that's when I stop seeing God do the awesome things in my life because I'm not first giving him what he deserves. That's the only way that the disciples could have done anything that they ever did because it tells us that they, they spent time, they spent time in the presence of God. They spent time seeking after his face and worshiping God. We cannot give to anyone else unless we have first given to God what he deserves. We can't give to anyone else. We can't give to anyone else unless we first give God what he deserves. 
So the first thing that everyone as a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, you have the ability to give worship to God. You have the ability to spend time and give God what he deserves. The second thing that we all have to give this morning is our love to people. Our love to people. See, love is one of the most key lessons of the Bible. It's found everywhere in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in Jesus' life, in the disciples' life. No matter where you look in the Bible, love is always there. Whether it's God's love for people or people's love for God, love is a key central aspect of the Bible. And as we look at the story of the lame beggar, as we look at this man's life, we see this aspect of love. You see, the lame beggar was, was lame from birth. He literally had to be carried around because they didn't have wheelchairs or, or things like that that they could roll around on. He was lame from birth, so he had to depend on other people to carry him around. He was kind of a low person on the totem pole. He couldn't provide for himself. He couldn't do these things because he was lame from birth. This is a man who was passed by day after day after day with no one ever truly helping him. Yeah, someone give money, they'd give maybe a quarter or a silver coin or a gold coin or a dollar or a $20 bill. They'd, they'd walk by and they'd give some money. But other than that, to him, he was simply just another beggar who they would give money to and pass on by. And when I read through this story and think about Peter and John, something that comes to my mind is that they had every right to just walk by this man. You see, Peter and John were on, I, won't, I don't want to say on a mission, but they had a purpose. They were going somewhere. They had a schedule to keep. It was the ninth hour. They needed to get to prayer. They were going to pray to God. So they had every right, probably, to justify in their mind to walk past this man. They were in a hurry. They, they needed to get here. They were, they were going to do something for God. So they could have even justified not stopping and helping him because they were going to go pray to God. They could have justified it. They could have just walked on by. But instead of just walking on by like everyone else did, instead of keeping their schedule, which to some people is more important, Peter and John took the time to show the love to this man who everyone just knew as a beggar. They didn't just give him some money and walk on by. They didn't just make an excuse or, or look down on him or say, oh no, I'll give it to him tomorrow. They took the opportunity to show him how much God truly loved him. They took the opportunity to show him how much God truly loved him. And when I think about stories like this in the Bible, I can't help but wonder to myself, how many opportunities to show God's love to other people am I missing out on? How many times am I in just too big of a hurry to get what I want to get done done? Or how many times am I just in a bad mood and don't want to show love to anyone let alone someone random who's probably being pretty grumpy. When I think to myself, how many times am I missing out on opportunities like this? How many times am I making excuses instead of showing love? How many times am I giving excuses to myself instead of giving love to people as Jesus would have done? When I do things like that, I'm missing out on something that God has called me to give. Something that God has called us all to give. His love. You see, we often so look at people, we often so look at people on the outside and just kind of see their appearances. 
we just kind of see a rough exterior or maybe someone who's just looks generally grumpy. I've been told that I look grumpy a lot of times. Liz always says that I look mad, and I don't, I don't do it on purpose. I'm not always mad, I promise. So if you think that I always look mad, I just want to take this opportunity right now. I'm not. <laughs> we may look and see someone who just looks generally grumpy instead of seeing an opportunity for love. You see, if Peter and John would have just looked on the exterior of this man, I guarantee you they would not have stopped to help him. He was a beggar, a lame beggar, who didn't have a house to live in. Not only was he living on the streets, but he couldn't stand up to get away from all the dust and the dirt. This man was probably dirty. He was probably looked pretty sickly because he couldn't eat that much. On the outside, this man probably looked like a mess. And if they would have looked at that and just saw another beggar, if they would have just seen how dirty he was and, and the disposition he had on life because he didn't have the best circumstances, so he, he probably was pretty grumpy. But, but thankfully, that's not what they saw. They saw an opportunity to show love. They, show, they saw an opportunity to give this man love, and they took that opportunity and glorified God. They took this opportunity to show love. They took this opportunity to, to show love to someone who didn't look like they deserved it, who didn't look like someone who, who someone would normally stop for, but instead of just giving something that, that would have helped their, their immediate need, they gave them something that was worthwhile. They gave him love. You see, as Christians, if we're not giving our love, the love of God, to other people, then we need to remember how much God loves us and how little we deserve it. I know how many times I've messed up and, and probably turned my back on God, and yet He still loves me. And so if I'm looking at other people and making excuses and, and not giving out that love, then I need to remind myself how much God loves me and how little I deserve it. If we're not living out our life in love, if we're not glorifying God and using the, the opportunities that he gives us, then I think we, we so often forget that it's, it's because God loved us first. That's why we do it. We don't do it to glorify ourselves or necessarily to make someone feel good about themselves. We're not like, yeah, just love and peace. It's because God loves them. It's because God has a plan for their life. And, and if we know how much God loves us, then we should want to share that with other people. If we've experienced the love of God, why aren't we willing to give it away? It's something that we as Christians all have the opportunity to give, yet so many times we just walk around keeping our schedule looking grumpy and unhappy because we have this to do or this to do, instead of looking for opportunities to give God's love. It's kind of a stereotype of a lot of people that... that some Christians aren't really all that loving, unfortunately. But God calls us to be like Peter and John and like Jesus and all the people of the Bible who took time and cared and had compassion for people. If we're not giving our love to people, then we need to remind ourselves how much God loves us and how little we deserve it. God calls us to give our love. The last thing that we all have to give this morning is our God to people. See, we can give our worship to God. We can give our love to people. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the most important thing we can give to people is our God 
The most important thing we can give to people is an experience with the one who loves him. You see, when we first give our worship to God, that allows us to show his love to people. When we give his worship to God and when we spend time in prayer, that allows us to show his love to people. And when we start showing his love to people, we begin to show those people the greatness of the God that we serve. When we begin to show them the love and, and we put time where, where, where we need to with God and then we in turn show the love to people, we are then glorifying God and showing them the greatness of the God that we serve. See, as we look at this passage of Scripture, we see a famous verse that I'm sure we've all heard many times. I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter and John knew that they didn't have a lot of money to give. They knew that money wasn't even going to help this man. Sure, it'd feed him for a day or maybe a couple days or give him a meal. They knew that the only thing that could help him was God. We may look at the needs of the world and the things and the people around us who need so much help or the people who need money, and then we can look at our lives and our bank accounts and our schedules and think there's no way I've got enough money or time to help all these people. Yes, money and time can make a difference, but at the end of the day, if we're not giving people God, then we're not giving them anything of true importance. You see, we can give people the things of this world and, and, and material possessions, but at the end of the day, if we're not giving them God, we're not giving them anything of true value. Because we're giving them things that are just going to fade away. We're giving them things that are going to last them a day or two instead of giving them something of true value. You see, Peter and John could have justified just passing a coin to the man and keep on walking. They could have passed something and, and said, have a good day, and they kept on walking. But instead, they gave him God. And because of that, a whole crowd of people were able to witness the greatness of God. See, this is one of the, the awesome things about, about showing people and giving people God. Because when you give someone else God, other people notice, and it can cause a chain effect. You see, it says that this man spent a lot of time at this, this beautiful gate. So that this lame man spent a lot of time here at this beautiful gate. He was here all the time asking for alms. So people knew who he was. They probably knew his name. They probably have had a conversation with him. They saw him day after day after day, this lame man just laying there dirty, asking for alms. I wonder what happened the next day after he was healed, or the next few days when, the, when people started walking by and saying, hey, where's that lame man? Hey, where's that guy who, who always lays here? And then someone else tells them, dude, something awesome happened. These two men came and they said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. That in turn creates an effect where a whole crowd of people is affected because Peter and John took the opportunity to give God. Because two men took the opportunity to give God, this whole crowd got the opportunity to witness something awesome. It says that this man got up leaping and, and jumping and screaming and, and praising God. And he, and he went and he was talking to people. I'm sure he didn't keep this to himself. He probably like ran to someone and be like, look what I can do, and then ran around. I just imagine someone who could walk for the first time just getting up and running around. That is just an awesome testimony of what God can do when we give people God. 
when we, when we take the opportunity to give them God. Now, I'm not saying this is the easiest of all three to do. It is not easy to share God with people at times. I'm sure it took a lot of time in, in the presence of God and, and a lot of time with God for Peter and John to look at this man and say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. It probably took a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of confidence in God, but they knew that their Jesus was a healer. And they saw what God had done in their lives, and they knew that through God, he could do anything. You see, if they would have said this to this man, and it didn't happen, they would have been ridiculed and laughed at. But they didn't think about those things. They thought about the amazingness and the awesomeness of God. Sometimes we feel that kind of a pressure that, that maybe we'll share God with someone, maybe we'll give them God and they'll just laugh in our face because we don't know enough or we don't, we don't say it right or it doesn't come out right. But, but when, we, when we first give God our worship and we're giving people love, there's no way, well, I'm sure there's some way, but it's not like, I don't know how to say this, there's no way we're going to mess up giving someone God. If we share what God has done in our life and we share the love that he has given somewhere, I don't care what lies the devil is telling you, there is no way you're going to mess up telling someone about God when you tell them what God has done in your life. I've felt that so many times that I'm just going to mess it up. I'm not going to know enough. But I know now that that is a huge lie from the devil. Because if I speak what God has done in my life, if I give them the testimony of my life, if I give them my God, there is no way that I'm going to mess it up because I've got God by my side. Because Peter and John spent time giving God worship and giving love, they were able to do something incredible through Jesus. You see, oftentimes we need to stop taking the easy way out. Giving a dollar here, a dollar there, walking by someone, just giving a nice smile. We need to stop taking the easy way out and start giving people what they need. A Savior who loves them more than they could ever know. See, Peter and John could have taken the easy way out. It could have been so easy for them just to throw in a dollar and walk on by. It's so easy for us to just ignore someone and walk on by. Ignore the person crying on the street or the person having a hard time when we go to the grocery store. It's so easy for us to take the easy way out and then justify ourselves by praying about it later. When God is calling us to give them something people truly need, a, a loving Savior who cares about them and loves them more than they could ever know. Like I said before, there was nothing special about Peter and John. There's nothing special about me. There's probably something special about you. Um, but that doesn't matter. Because when we give God our worship and when we give people love, that opens up the door to give people God. Something our world truly needs. Not just another dollar in, in the basket, not just another kind hug. They need a Savior. And if we're not giving them our Savior, then we're not giving them something of true value at the end of the day. I want to ask the worship team to come back up for us. You see, this is something that God laid on my heart as we're, we're going through the AD series of, of the, it's on NBC, I think, yeah, it's on NBC. Um, and we're looking at all of the awesome things that God is doing and when I look at my life, and I look at the life of Peter and John, and they're saying, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. That's what I want to say to people. I may not have all the right answers. I may not have the perfect solution, but what I do have, 
I give to you. And that's the love of, of a savior, a love of a person who could care about them more than they ever could imagine. And so as a church, that's what I want us to recognize today. That we may not have all the right answers, we may not have all the theological wisdom in the entire world to answer all of their questions, but what we do have, we give to them. We may not have all the money in the world, we may not have all the resources or the, the cool stuff or the cool technology, but we have something worth so much more. We have a God and a Savior who loves them and He is calling us to give them something of value. The money that people were throwing in the slain beggar's man was just going to fade away one day. It's just going to be gone. It's not going to be worth anything. The money in my wallet is going to be destroyed one day. It's going to disintegrate. It's going to get ripped in half. But when we give people God, that's something that will never depreciate. Something that will never lose its value. It's something of true worth. So if I could everyone stand with me today. I just want to sing this worship song. And I want us to first, right now, give our worship to God. That's what I want us to do. And after we're done giving our worship to God, I want to encourage you guys, I want to send you out of here to give your love to people. And after you've given your love to people, I want you to give God to those people. But first, we need to get our priorities straight. We need to give God what He deserves first. We need to give our hearts right with God, saying, God, forgive me of making excuses. Forgive me of taking the easy way out. I know I don't have a lot, but what I do have, I give to you. So let's worship God through our worship, and let's, let's give Him praise my savior he can move the mountains my god is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on. Everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Sing it out, Savior. My Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus come. Let's sing that again, Savior. And my Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. 
forever Author of salvation He rose and He conquered the grave And Jesus conquered the grave Shine your light and let the whole world see We're singing for the glory of the risen King Shine your light and let the whole world see We're singing for the glory of the risen King Savior, my Savior, He can Come on, worship Him My God God who is who is able to heal lame men. We serve a God who raised people from the dead who heals them. And God wants us to give that love that He has to others. We've got quite a few prayer requests up here, but thankfully we serve a God who heals. We serve a God who saves and a God who protects, who can move mountains. So as we go through this week, keep um, Kelly Wiles in your, your prayers. Her baby is due this week. Keep her in your prayers. For Ken Moore, he had a heart attack. Is on, on dialysis. It's a very serious situation. Rick Carrico is, is once again in the hospital. He's got a blood infection. Tina has two procedures coming up. She needs some guidance and protection. Wes and Nikki are, have the opportunity to have a new baby in their family and just looking for guidance and opportunity. Dear God, I pray right now for all of these prayer requests that are brought before you, God, Lord, we know that you are a healer. We know that you are a protector, God. God, I pray for all of these people who are in these situations that seem serious, God. We know that you can heal the lame man. We believe that you can heal today. So, God, we pray, Lord, for anyone who is in the hospital right now, anyone who's going through, through struggles, God, for, for Rick Carrico and, and, and Ken, Lord, we pray for, for all those who are, who are in the hospital hurting and struggling, God, Lord, that you would just heal them. God, we believe that you can do something great. God, we pray for guidance and direction and strength as, as we move forward in the direction of our lives, God. God, may you, may you open up opportunity for us. God, give us direction and, and help us to know which way to go. God, we pray, Lord, as we, as we leave this place that, that we won't keep what we have to ourselves, but we will realize that we have things to give, things of so much value, so much more than, than the material possessions of this world. We have love and we have a God to give. So God, I pray for a strength and, and a boldness as, as we go throughout this day, as we go throughout our week, and, and may you just give us the opportunities to witness and to make a difference for you, God. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for who you are and what, you, what you're going to do. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Go and give something to someone.